Hey, and welcome to episode 14, Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton. And today we have the amazing Bob Anderson joining us for a podcast about the importance of having structure when you're doing a property development. And we're going to cover why you should, what will happen if you don't, the different types of structures. And that's probably about it. So let's jump into episode 14. Hey, and welcome to episode 14, like I said, the amazing Bob. Hey, Bob. Oh, g'day. Thanks. Oh, I love that amazing bit. Keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, before we talk too much about you, we'll talk a little bit more about you here. Uh, we give away this book, this one chapter is written by Bob. It's Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed. For those of you who are listening and not watching this on YouTube, I'm holding it up. For those of you who want to see what Bob and I look like, we're on YouTube, jump on, say hi. But anyway, we do give away a copy of this or a coaching session, depending on how we're placed for time. And this week, the winner was Adrian Dragakov, and Adrian wrote an awesome response on the YouTube channel, gave a great comment. So thanks, Adrian, very much, and I hope you enjoy the read. Yeah, great. Congratulations, Adrian. Well I, done, man. I heard someone say the other day they'd read it three times. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, they probably, it was probably one of the authors. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually one someone in our community. So, as I said, talking structure today with Bob Anderson, just a bit of credibility around Bob. He's been in the property development space for 38 years and property education for how many years, Bob? Well, at least uh, 15. At least 15. 15. One five. One five. I said 15. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 50. No, 15 in education. So he's, he has the right. You Absolutely. Have, he has the right to say so much out there. And he's a wealth of knowledge. Like we're talking next level. I call him Google, as most people know. So anyway, let's talk about structures, Bob. And I know you love the legalities and you love getting <laughs> all this stuff right and, and the importance of it. So I'll let you get started on this one. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about legalities and everything, I, I, I guess we should make a disclaimer Oh, yes. And the disclaimer is pretty simple. We will discuss things like tax a little bit on the way through uh, and legality. So this is definitely not tax advice. No, this is a uh, conversation. If you want the right tax advice, the right legal advice, go to your tax accountant, go to your lawyer. But this is just a general conversation from a couple of property developers having a bit of a natter here mm. at the table. There's my disclaimer. Not Perfect. very formal, was it? No, but like what he said. That's my disclaimer. Yeah, just like what Bob back said. Me up, back yeah, me up, yeah. Hillary. So why is it important, Bob? Or where do you want to start with for structures? Where do you want to start? Well, does everybody know what a structure is? Maybe not. So well, when we're talking about a structure, we're talking about, if keep it simple, the name that you buy a property in. Mm. Now, you've got a number of investment properties. You have entities for certain reasons. We do property developments. We have an entity uh, for certain reasons. It could be our own name, it could be a company, it could be a trust, there's all sorts of trusts, there's different ways of establishing companies. So it's the it's the name, if you like, or the entity that you buy, initially buy the property in that you're going to develop. And that's what we mean by an entity. And there's a there's a lot of variables in there. Yeah, so, so structure. <laughs> just just for those who can't see, he kind of went, Oh yeah, there's a lot of variables there. Yep. <laughs> it was all rushing through I my mind. I can see it going. I'm trying to keep it simple as well because yeah. I realise, you know, your, your audience has some quite sophisticated people, investors, developers there. And there's a lot of new people who, who want to learn. Yeah. And so – And it can be frightening when you first yeah. learn. And even stuff like this, you know, like just the idea of I've got to do what? I've got to get a who? You know, it's, <laughs> it's confusing for at the start, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. So uh, we'll, we'll try and keep it easy to understand. 
Yeah. So why? Yeah. Why? Why a structure? Well, we did say we might mention tax, and that's probably one of the primary reasons why you want the correct structure. Mm. And that is to minimise tax. Mm, not avoid tax. Good point. Yes. <laughs> Avoiding tax can get you in a lot of trouble. We're talking about minimising tax. Mm. And uh, I think you're in favour of minimising tax. Absolutely. Aren't we all? Yep. Pay the, pay the least amount of tax you legally are required to pay. That's, that's what we mean by, by tax minimisation. And our choice of structures can have a very definite effect uh, on that. So that's a primary reason why you would uh, choose it. I mean, we go down that track quite a bit as well. The other reason is quite often, well, it's asset protection. Mm. And so what's our asset that we're trying to protect? Well, our property. It could property. be the development itself, yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head there. You, it's the development. It starts off as land and let's say ends up either more blocks of land or ends up buildings like townhouses or apartments. So that's what we're trying to protect. Also ourselves, I guess, mm. uh, which raises another subject we might might uh, move on to in a little while, and that's how do you know which structure? Where do you go? All these sorts of things. It can be quite confusing to start off. So tax minimisation, an important reason. Asset protection, a second reason. And sometimes succession planning as well, because if you're going to develop property and hold it for the long term, you might be thinking down the track quite a bit about, you know, perhaps transferring uh, property uh, to other you know, maybe beneficiaries or kids or spouses or whatever at some point. And if you don't do it properly at the beginning, you can end up paying, you know, stamp duty and all sorts of things at the end that, you know, Just had to not thought about it. It can be expensive and messy, can't it? Very. And messy is usually expensive. Mm. So that's why you need to give a fair bit of forethought to what, what your intention is. Mm. And you know how important intention is in tax. Yeah. Because we've talked about that recently that what you need to do is be clear on your intention of what you want to do with this property development. Yeah, the intention, like what you're in your head, what is the outcome you're after? Mm, mm. Like, for instance, let's say, let's keep it simple. Let's say you're developing a duplex, two units, okay, a duplex. What are you going to do at the end? Are you going to keep both of them for a long term investment? Are you just going to sell them both and get cash? Or would you like to keep one as a long term investment and sell one for cash? So two units, three different options. Mm. And that different intentions can mean a different type of structure. So so how does somebody, yeah. like even, that's probably raises another question that has probably even another whole podcast, like how do you decide even on the intention? What would, how would somebody, you know, even listeners now might be thinking, good point, Bob, but you know, I haven't really thought about whether I'd do that. And a lot of people might think that naturally you develop and sell mm. or, you know, the, Sometimes we don't really consider that we have. There are many varied options. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so how do you? How do they come up? How does somebody come up with that? Well, I guess it comes back to people's personal circumstances. Mm. Uh, as you know, what we find with a lot of students who come into our community and learn how to develop, sometimes they're short of capital. You know, they're short of of money, and so what they tend to do, at least for their first, you know, two or three developments, is they sell what they develop. Mm. And that means they get a lot of cash in, money. Yeah, sure, you pay tax, big deal. Uh, the more tax you pay, the better. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it means you're earning a lot of money. means you're earning a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, for a while they tend to do that. And maybe on their third or second or third, they start to keep some of the properties that they develop for long-term wealth. So we need we need both of those things. You know, we need cash to live on and pay all our bills and 
give us the lifestyle that we want. And that's the cash we get from selling our developed properties. But we should always look at long-term wealth, building long-term wealth, and that's from holding property long-term. Mm. And that's the beautiful thing about property developers. We, we can do both. So that intention, that decision that they're making right there, it comes right back to the structure that they need to decide on. Can, and what is it? What happens, Bob, if you change your mind? Say, oh, my, I'm sorry, I'm throwing some questions in like I always do. If you're ever on our Q and A's on a Wednesday you're night, to change your boy. I, I, <laughs> I, I often throw questions in. Yeah, so you've set up deciding you're going to sell. So you set your structure up that, there, mm-hmm. and then you end up changing your mind at the end. Is that a big problem, or do you rather we get to this later when it oh, all starts no, making we, sense? We can, oh no, we can cover that. Intention's important. So if ever you get audited by the tax office. What they're really looking for, uh, and not just regarding property development, but virtually anything, is what was your intention when you started this? So from a property developer's point of view, they, they try and ascertain what was your intention when you started this development? And your intention might have been to hold the properties, but now you're going to sell them for, for what reason? And, and you might have a, a structure that suits one a bit less the other, but you've changed your mind. That's what you're going to do. You just need, and you need to get advice from your tax accountant about how to deal with it. Mm. So it's not that you can't change your mind. You're going to get into trouble, uh, but you need to cover yourself. And what I mean by cover yourself is, is like with a, what we call a paper trail, of course. So where, where it can come undone a little bit is, for instance, when we hold an investment, just any investment, it could be a property that we buy, just retail price and investment property or whatever. Once we've held it for a certain amount of time, say 12 months, and then we sell that property, our capital gains only taxed at 50% of our capital gain. That's been like that for quite a while. But that only works if it's in your personal name or in a trust, not in a company. So where people can come undone, they might do a development in a company, let's say. And because, because they're thinking they're going to sell. Yeah. And then they keep it. Yeah. Oh, then there's that capital so, gain. So they sort of oh. come undone a little bit. Only down the track when they go to sell it because mm. they'll end up paying full capital gains tax because it's a company. So, you know, if you're going to hold property long term, you don't just do it in a company, for instance. Mm. Uh, but back to your uh, question about about change, obviously circumstances can change. People can change their mind. Markets change. but <laughs> Women change their mind all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you need to take advice from your tax accountant at that point and, and deal with it properly in case you ever get ordered. There's things that you need to do, paper trails, you need to have a reason for the intention, ideally a commercial reason why you've changed your mind. Why do you say ideally a commercial reason, Bob? Well, not just a whim. I, I'll tell you what, what happened uh, or what can happen uh, if you want if you want to like a, a story of what can go wrong. Yeah, that's, that's always a good story. Yeah. Um, Stories are good to remember. Yeah. So you could have a situation, this has happened plenty of times, where, where a developer has gone into a development with the intention of selling the property. Something could happen along the way. Let's say during, during the course of construction of, of the development, the market goes a bit quiet, goes a bit soft, maybe even prices come back a bit. And so the developer at the end of the project thinks, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm selling into a not great market. So what I might do, because I can afford to do it, I'm going to keep my properties. And I'll keep them for a couple of years, and then when the market's picked up again, I'll sell them. Oh, that would be so common. Now, there's, yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but where they can come undone is when they sell those properties down the track a bit in a few years' time, if they try and claim, let's say, the 50% capital gains tax relief mm. that we're given when we hold investment properties long-term, this is, this is an example of intention. Mm. Now, if they were to be audited, the tax office would say, okay, what was your intention 
when you went into this deal in the first place? Because you're claiming the 50% capital gains tax relief. What was your intention? Was it always to develop and hold them as an investment? And the answer is no, it wasn't. And what, and what they can do, they can go to the financier, for instance, who financed that project. And they say to the financier, when this person borrowed finance from you, what was their intention? And this is where, this is where it all unravels because the intention nearly always when you're borrowing money from a financier is how do you pay the financier back? You pay the financier back by selling the property. Right. So the financiers, they said, Oh, look, their exit strategy was to sell the property and then repay the loan to us. And the ATO says, gotcha, intention was to sell. And uh, there's been plenty of circumstances where that's happened, where a developer's held property for a while and then tried to claim the uh, 50% capital gains tax relief, been audited. And so the, the ATO makes you pay the full tax, which, right. which is they should, but then it, it's not unusual for them to fine you another 70% on the top. Please. That can be a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, on, on a, particularly if, if a bit of time's gone on and values have risen up. When you say a bit of time, what, what are you oh, alluding well, to? Well, just depending on what years. the market's done. Like if the market's had a big push and, and the values have gone up a lot and therefore they've sold at a pretty good profit, mm. not just their original developer's profit had they sold straight away, but, you know, an extra three or four years' growth mm. on top. That becomes their profit. Now they've claimed the t- 50% capital gains tax relief. With the, the ATO said, no, you can't. Uh, you have to pay the full amount. Not only that, we're going to, you know, it could be two or 300,000 townhouses. So you've got to pay the full amount of tax on that profit, on the two or $300,000 profit, plus they'll hit you a big penalty as well for being naughty and not telling the truth or trying to skirt around the edges. Skirt around the edges. So that, I mean, that's an example. And that yeah. has happened a bit. In fact, a few years ago, the, the ATO had a purge. Now remember, their computer is a seriously good computer. It's not like our laptops. <laughs> they know everything. It's all linked to all the uh, office of state revenue in every state. And, you know, it's just linked everywhere, places you wouldn't even dream about. And uh, so they had a bit of a purge on developers who were developing stock, holding it for a while, and then and then selling it. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's just that it had your intention been to sell in the first place and you ended up keeping it and selling it later. Busted. You don't, yeah, well, don't claim the 50% capital gains tax mm. relief. Uh, and, and they caught a lot out that did that. Mm. Uh, so not only did they get hit with a, with the full tax bill, which, which was fair anyway, mm. quite some substantial fines. So, But when you even, uh, just so for the listeners, that when Bob says developer, that's also just that, like the, the people we educate, like just the newbie developers, you know, we are developers. Once you're like, I am a property developer. You know, you, you might do something else, but you can still be a property developer. So, you know, everybody thought there's a big catchment there. It's not just that yeah. old picture that we have in our mind of the guy in the Gold Coast with the gold medallion <laughs> and the chest open that we always laugh about. No, no, not that one. Could be, could be a little duplex, could be two lot subdivision. Yeah. Know, it could be anything really. But, but that's why um, intention's important mm. to ideally know what your intention is when you start. Yes, like you said, Hillary, you can change your mind mm-hmm. and there can be reasons and commercial reasons even why you change your mind. There could be family reasons. You know, it could be health. It could be a, a breakup of a relationship. I mean, it could be lots of reasons happen why, you know, circumstances change during that 12 months or two years of a project. So, but yeah, you really do need advice from mm. a good accountant on how to deal with that change. But even while we're talking about accountants, when it comes to structure, it is vital you seek advice from an accountant and from an accountant that understands how to structure a, a, oh, how yeah. to structure this type of business. You yeah. can't go down to what you always say, Bob, you can't go down to the, <laughs> so down the, the $99 West dollar no. do, uh, do your tax at Westfield. Um, no. Not that one, no. No, so the type of account, well, look, there's a couple of people that can advise on structure. I mean, suitably licensed financial planners uh, can advise on structure and, and 
ideally an accountant who has a lot of experience in business tax structures, not just property development, but business tax structures because property development is a business. Yep. Uh, but also ideally has a lot of exposure to property as well. Mm. So they'll be familiar with the, the right sort of structures that suit an individual circumstances. And that's why you can't just take it off the rack. You know, sometimes people ask us, oh, I'm going to do a development. What's the best structure? There's no answer to that. Mm. It's the best. The answer is it's the best structure that suits your particular circumstances. And I, you know, almost every mentoring student we work with, almost all, but it, when we say, like, I, I've been like coaching the mentoring students for a couple of years now. Mm. Oh my goodness. It's just about every time I can, I just use my own accountant. Yeah. And you, and you can use your own accountant for tax, but to get this sort of thing done, it's okay to ha- have somebody else set it up for you. Oh, look, they're comfortable with their own accountant, but yes. that, but it might be that that accountant's just fine for doing oh, tax returns at the level that they're used to doing tax returns, mm. you know, but they might not be of a level that's really all over structures. And, I, and I've seen wrong advice from accountants. Yep. Uh, I've seen people pay a lot more tax than they should have by getting the wrong advice from the wrong accountant. Uh, even people that have paid, you know, far too much land tax, for instance, uh, because of a bad structure. Mm. So, yeah, so very important. It has a big impact there, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And there's, there's all different taxes. I mean, if you think about it, you know, on a federal basis, we've got income tax, capital gains tax and GST. Mm. We've got sort of state-based taxes, and not strictly taxes, but stamp duty, which is a transfer duty, but I'm, I'm going to call it a tax, and land tax, mm. which is state-based as well. So there's five taxes to deal with. Uh, and look, you can't. They don't all- miss, do they? No, nobody misses you. They <laughs> don't miss in Australia. <laughs> you know, they don't have uh, half of those in New oh Zealand. Oh <laughs> God! Then you got the federal, and you got the state, and then and then you go down to local government, which is our third level. You hear me getting wound up now yeah. on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. The third level of government, which that is council, yeah, and they got their hands in for everything on a development as well, with all sorts of fees and contributions, and you know, there's people got their hands in our. Sorry pockets. to the listeners, I've wound them up. <laughs> oh, everybody's got their hands in in, in your pockets, you know. Mm. Oh, thank goodness. Anyway. When you do a property development, we can afford to have all those freeloaders sticking their hands in their pockets and in our pockets and taking it, and there's still plenty left for us. So uh, I'll slow down, I'll calm down there, you got me going. So what about the types? Do we cover what types there were? Types of structure? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's obviously there's an individual. I mean, we could buy in our own name. It might just remind me to talk a little bit about that in a moment because People around that have bought properties, developments in their own name. Mm. But we could buy in our own name. We could buy in a company name. If we buy in a company, I suppose the question is, well, who's the shareholder? Is the shareholder an individual? Is the shareholder a trust? The shareholder could be another company that owns shares in the company. I mean, there's all these differences that it could be. Sounds like your paperwork. (laughs) Yeah, but then it could be a trust. And if it's a trust, well, there's all sorts of trusts. Is, Is it a unit trust? And if it is a unit trust, who actually owns the units? Is it a company that owns the units in the unit trust or is it a discretionary trust that owns the units in the unit trust? And is it a unit trust? It could be a discretionary trust. It could be a you know, typical sort of family trust that we hear about. That's a, that's a discretionary trust. So I guess what I'm saying is, and that's not exhaustive, there's plenty of different types of structure, which is a good thing because that way you can pick the best one to suit your circumstances. Mm. So, yeah, lots of types, which is... Just reinforces what what you and I say is get good advice. Yeah, because you don't you don't need to know this. You just need to know the person who knows this. Oh, I love that. Yeah, this is yeah. something you don't need to know. No, you don't need to as know. As soon as you were going around in that big that. circle, I was just like, oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, every structure has its advantages and its disadvantages, mm. and there's there's books, and you can go out and read it and fill your head up with it. 
Uh, as you know, I don't like, there's not a lot in my head. Um, and my, mainly <laughs> because I don't like filling it with stuff. I don't need to be occupying space. You like it for fishing space, don't you, Bob? Well, yep. <laughs> and Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, a bit of, bit of, bit of UFC, a <laughs> yeah. bit of anything. But, um, yeah. So like, for instance, uh, some people have asked me complex questions about tax and I don't, wouldn't even know the answer. I said, Oh, I don't need to know that. I said, but, but isn't it important? I said, no, the only thing that's important, and then I used to quote my, my accountant's phone number. I said, the only thing that's important, I know his phone number. If I need to know any of that stuff, I'll just ring him. Like, I don't need to carry that around up there. I'm not, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to carry accountancy stuff up there. I know the basics. Of course, I know the basics. That's all I need to know. I mean, we deal with architects every day of the week on design. I don't need to know what an architect knows. I need to know what the market wants so I can... You know, tell the architect, well, this is the sort of thing we need to design because this is what the market wants because I've gone out in the market and I've seen it getting sold. Anyway, I'm on another subject. Yeah, so you, you asked me to remind you of people who buy stuff with their own name. Good point. I had a chap once who joined our mentoring program who had three quite substantial development sites and every one of them was in his own personal name. We do not recommend no. developing in your personal name. And that gets back to the asset protection thing we talked about a little bit earlier is if you develop a development, let's say, in your own personal name, now, heaven forbid, but let's say something goes wrong and you're left exposed and, and somebody is going to sue you for something that's happened around a, this property development, if it's in your own name, everything you own in your own name is at risk. It's good night news. <laughs> yeah. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Um, now, if things went really bad and the remedy or the damages uh, couldn't be dealt with from that one project, they just chase you for the rest. There goes your car. It could be your own name, your car, your, 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 home. your, your Rolex watch. Every developer needs a fake Rolex watch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's why you don't want it in your own name. You want it in an entity. And uh, So that begs the question because this has recently happened and I know that people might find this interesting. Bob, they've bought a property. Somebody in our mentoring program has done this and then they've decided, so they bought it in their own name, then they changed their mind and decided to develop it. So what do you do on that case? So it's just like, yeah. yeah, what do you do? Well, I've come across this quite a bit because what can happen, people can buy a property in their own name because let's say it's, it's their principal place of residence. You know, you're buying, it's just your house. So you buy it in your own name. But then you might end up wanting to develop that property. Now, I know that I know who you're talking about. Their, their intention wasn't to develop it when they bought it. It's just mm. a house to live in with the family. Now it's turned into a development proposition. And so, and, and I've seen other people, for instance, who buy an investment property, could be 10 years ago, in their own name because they were advised, well, buy it in the name of the highest income earner to maximise tax deductions that you get from owning an investment property. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that advice. But you've come to a point now where this property could be developed, but it's in your personal name. So the issue is, what do they do? Do they keep it in their own name, develop, take a risk that potentially they could be exposed if something goes wrong and you, know, you end up getting sued in your own name? Or do you take it out of your own name and put it into you know some sort of structure, be it company or trust or whatever the advice is? And like we just said before, we talked about five different taxes. You're going to incur stamp duty. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. You take it out of your own name and put it into a structure. Stamp duty, is, you can't get away from that. And you may have to pay capital gains tax. You know, I mean, it may have been your principal place of residence that can have a different tax outcome than if it was an investment property. But like if it was an investment property you bought 10 years ago, the value's gone up a lot. 
And now if you take it out of your name into an entity, you're going to have a lot of capital gains tax to pay <laughs> and stamp duty. So what do you do? And look, sometimes people just say, look, I'm going to pay so much tax if I take it out and put it into another entity. I'm just going to you know, take the risk. It's unlikely something bad's going to happen and I'm going to get exposed. And it's, it's kind of weighing up, like you're doing a FISA on both, like seeing what will cost, like there's that, the pros and cons financially, mm. Mm. and then deciding on your own risk profile, like, well, I'm prepared to do that or I'm not. Yeah, well, you hit, you hit it right on the head there. Those two things are weighing up the tax implications. You might win on one tax and lose on another, uh, and your accountant can calculate that for you. But yeah, how do you value risk? You know, it's unlikely. It's a low low likelihood but sort of you're thinking about it for maybe two years yeah, exactly losing your hair yeah so you know sometimes it's not necessarily somebody's fault that they got it wrong they got the right advice back in the day but mm. but see circumstances and intentions change that's the difference it's not that it was wrong 10 years ago or five years ago and all of a sudden it, it's that at the time the intention was this the circumstances were that, and it was correct. Now, circumstances, intentions different, requires a different structure, but it might be just too expensive. Have you ever made a mistake on that one, Bob, way back in the early days when you were a rookie? I can't recall making a mistake. I, I've never developed in my own name. I, I was given that bit of advice very early in the piece. And as you know, uh, we recommend people set up a separate entity for every development. Don't do more than one development at one time in the same entity. It's just that if ever anything did go wrong, and you always got to look at worst case scenarios, then one could contaminate the other. I'll just I'll just do the comma there. He doesn't mean don't do more than one development at, at one time. It's don't do more than one development at a time in the same entity. It's the comma. Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing that one. It's like huh. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I just yeah, I know what you mean. Yes. I think it was clear. Has everyone got that? Yep. Yes. I did. Yep. Hopefully everyone has. Yeah. So, I mean, you can use an entity, develop, you know, wind that up and then use the same entity again. I tend not to. Look, it doesn't cost much to set up. Look, even if you're doing, let's say somebody chose a trust with a corporate trustee, that's a fairly common one. So, a, a trust, possibly a discretionary trust with a company's trustee, number of people use that. It's only about $2,000 to set that up. Uh, and obviously, it's a cost. It's fully deductible. A lot of people just do that. Every time they're doing, uh, you know, they finish a project, wrap it up, finish it, doing, you know, another entity. Mm. And you might be doing them one at a time or you might be doing a number of projects at the same time with a number of different entities. Yeah, so structure, yeah, it's a, you know, you can go as deep as you like on that. I think we've covered enough. I think people would realise from listening to this that structure is important. Yep. And getting the right advice on how to structure would be as Absolutely. vital. That is the, the thing. I mean, try and try and work out, know what your intention is, get the right advice. Mm. Yeah, it can be complex, but not for not for the right accountant. Okay, so do you think we've covered it all off there, Bob? I think that's a pretty good go at structure. Is, is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Do you want to like in summary? Can it? What do you guys say? <laughs> what do you want to? <laughs> you do podcasters? <laughs> I don't that's know. A wrap. Can it? Can it? Isn't or is that a video? I don't know. Yeah, well, you're, you're the one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, but anything in in closing. No, I think we've closed. You know, know your intention, get the get the right advice. Yeah, okay. Well, Can't do better than that. I hope you find that useful information, everybody. And remember to like and share our podcast. I hope you understand now the importance of why you would 
why you wouldn't not, if I've said that right. But yeah, like, share, and if you'd like to win a copy of our free book, then please comment favorably, or even if you give us a review on Apple Podcast, you can screenshot it and send that to me, Hillary at propertymastermind.com.au. If you're interested in property education that we offer, propertymastermind.com.au. Go check us out. But uh, that's it. Episode 14, done and dusted. It's a wrap. Catch you next week. Bye.